Hello. For years, much has been said, written and promised about automation in the workplace, from software robots to artificial intelligence, from the IT department to the supply chain. This nebulous concept of human-free process and risk-free enterprise is just around the corner, tangible and ready to deliver efficient business. Or is it? This is Automation Station, a series of six podcasts from Capgemini, all about the rise and rise of automation across the enterprise. I'm Brian Doherty, and together with a host of experts, we'll be trying to find out if automation is all it's cracked up to be, or even better. Joining me in this quest, I'm delighted to welcome Pooja Harodkar, Capgemini's Head of Group Industrialization and Automation. Pooja has been with Capgemini for more than 18 years and has worked across many industry sectors, regions and disciplines. She has expertise in pre-sales, organisation design, delivery and transformations and has been instrumental in providing strategy and thought leadership for Capgemini's applications, development and maintenance offerings and technology office setup. Pooja. Thank you, Brian, for the gracious introduction. And I can just sum it all um, in one line. Client centricity is key and very important for uh, uh, business-centric automation and IT-centric automation. You need to understand and be closer to your customer to understand their needs, and then you can deliver impactful business and IT automation. That's what I've can sum up with the 18 years of uh, experience that I have serving clients in Capgemini. Thanks, Pooja. Sunil Chaturvedi is the product owner for Capgemini's intelligent automation platform. Sunil is responsible for conceptualizing and managing this enterprise-level cognitive automation platform. He has deep automation experience, having previously worked with other service providers to develop industry platforms intelligent automation. Sonal. For the past 25 plus years, I've had the opportunity to work across IT as well as business services, which has helped in terms of giving a good context as to what the business requires and how IT could enable it. Uh, For me, I started my automation journey in the business services area about eight to nine years back. But over a period of time, I've moved towards an intelligent automation platform approach something as you mentioned about, I worked on a different platform team earlier. And now that's something which I feel is a very critical part of our journey moving forward. Good to be on this call, Brian. Thanks, Sonal. And from the leading industry analyst company, Everest Group, Amadeep Modi. Amadeep is responsible for leading Everest Group's Service Optimization Technologies, or SOT, research practice and assisting clients on topics related to next-generation technologies such as robotic process automation, artificial intelligence and process mining. Amadeep. Thanks, Brian, for the introduction. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining. I have been with Everest Group for over seven years, and my role here has been focused on conducting industry-defining research on intelligent automation that has involved continuous interactions and engagements uh, with senior executives and automation leaders of enterprises, technology vendors, and service providers. This helps me get a 360-degree view into the enterprise adoption of intelligent automation and the future of work. Really look forward to sharing some of that in this podcast. Thanks, Amadeep, and welcome to you all. Now, any business will be aware of automation as the hottest topic of the past two or three years. But 
what does it actually mean? Where does it happen in the IT department, in the finance department? And is it really delivering to the promise? Well, in the course of this series, we'll be attempting to answer these questions, but we should start by defining what we mean when we talk about automation. And Amardeep, if I start with you, I mean, I started my IT career back in the 1980s writing Rex scripts for the IBM mainframe to make my life as a computer operator a little easier, you know, by automating some of my tasks. Hasn't automation been around as long as computing? Yeah, absolutely. Automation has been around for very long and at its most basic level must utilize technology to minimize manual processing and human touch points. However, automation has been continuously evolving over time to uh, include new technologies, applications, and use cases. So, so, so when we talk about automation today, what do we really mean? Where do we see it used? And more importantly, why? What are the drivers for automation? Absolutely. Automation continues to evolve across uh, three dimensions. Uh, First dimension is ease of use with the advent of enterprise-grade low-code, no-code, or record-and-play or drag-and-drop automation technologies such as robotic process automation. Automations are being increasingly developed, deployed, and consumed by business users with limited coding knowledge. This has reduced reliance on enterprise IT, and what is also new is the ability to easily work and integrate with existing legacy applications that is helping minimize disruption. Second dimension is accessibility. Democratization of automation is picking pace and automation technologies are becoming increasingly affordable and accessible to employees across industries. Now, third dimension is applicability of automation technologies. Growing maturity and awareness of artificial intelligence-based automation technologies such as uh, intelligent document processing and conversational AI has really expanded the scope of automation applications and use cases, as well as ability to generate strategic business value. Now, coming to the drivers, Adoption of intelligent automation is being driven by the need to cope up with increasing cost and compliance pressures, evolving customer employee expectations, and intensifying competition. COVID-19 has accelerated this trend by forcing millions of knowledge workers across the world to shift to remote working constructs. The new operating model that we have now amplifies the demand for digital interactions and automation more than ever and is making organizations realize the importance of automation technologies beyond just the cost and operational factors uh, to achieving strategic objectives such as increasing business resilience, superior customer and employee experience, top-line growth, and business model innovation. Uh, and that's that's interesting that you cite you know the pandemic as a key driver for automation. Pooja, if I could turn to you, does does the analyst view and the service provider view of, of automation align? Then, I mean, are, are are you seeing the same drivers outlined by Amardeep? And what's driving the Capgemini automation agenda? 
I think there's perfect alignment between what uh, Amardeep said and what we experience uh, on the ground in Capgem 9. Uh, let me pick up the applicability part and especially in the COVID, uh, after the post-COVID scenario. There is, in fact, in my view, there is times, percentage times, the growth in terms of demand for automation. Uh, and these, I can uh, segregate this demand into two parts. One is internal automation. Internal means within the Capgemini group to be more productive, to get the best and latest of technologies in automation. And then the second part is the demand from our clients. And that demand also grows with the competitiveness growing on a customer's side. So I perfectly agree and I'm in sync with what Amardeep said. And Sunil, Amadeep mentioned there that, you know, automation is not a new topic. It's been evolving at pace in recent years. You interact with many businesses across many sectors. Typically, where, where do you see deployment? Yeah, so I think Amadeep did summarize it uh, quite well. But uh, it's interesting, Brian, that as you have seen, a lot of these uh, automation initiatives started off with uh, a focus on how we can reduce the human effort, human intervention. But off late, what we are seeing is from a deployment perspective, the primary driver for most of our clients with whom we work towards are about improving the customer experience. It's all about improving the way they can service their customers, reduce the overall turnaround time for service requests and make it near real time wherever possible and reduce dependency on individuals to pick up and respond. So overall, what we see is automation is there, but the focus has been more about, if I may say, to come up with what they call the frictionless enterprise, things should be seamless end-to-end, and that is where we see a lot of deployment for automation taking place. Uh, uh, Amadeep, does that chime with what um, Everest Group is seeing? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. That that does chime in with what we are also seeing. And I think also in terms of the sectors where we are seeing automation being deployed. So first of all, what we are seeing is that automation is, is really being deployed across industries and business functions. However, there are a few sectors that are kind of uh, leading the adoption of intelligent automations. For example, BFSI, which is followed by healthcare and pharma, CPG and retail, telecom and manufacturing industries. Also among uh, the horizontal areas, greater adoption of automation in finance and accounting, followed by contact center, procurement uh, and HR functions. Among industry-specific processes, banking, financial services industry has experienced the highest adoption of automation in areas such as customer onboarding, mortgage processing, trade financing, policy servicing, and claims processing from the insurance sector. So absolutely in in line with the drivers that, that have been discussed here and yeah, in terms of the adoption these are the key sectors where we are seeing adoption. Of- in, I don't know if that um, list of sectors was, you know, kind of in, in order of the um, depth of deployment, but are there particular drivers in those segments, particular pressures that um, are driving the adoption? Yep. So certainly, so so as I mentioned, the BFSI industry is the leading adopter of automation and followed by some of the other industry uh, sectors that I mentioned in terms of you know the market share and where we see most adoption happening. But if we talk about, uh, hey, who are the um, 
champions of automation, right? Or who, who among the industry sectors or the verticals that we talked about, where do we see the champions of automation evolving? So again, we are, we are seeing such champions emerge across industries. And given the BFSI industry being an early and leading adopter automation, it, it has a higher share of enterprises who are more mature in their automation journey and have championed automation. Thanks, Amardeep. And perhaps one wonders if those, in, you know, again, in, in order as you list them, maybe are, are the industry sectors, um, you know, who have the most money to spend, maybe and to invest as well. Pooja and Sunil, just to turn to you, are we seeing the same activity in Capgemini in terms of, of those sectors? And indeed, maybe a follow on question from that, who's reaping um, the most impressive benefits from automation? We are seeing the same sectors where the automation demand is increasing. And to answer your question, who is reaping the benefits? It's the benefit going to the customer's customer. The benefit is going to the customer and also to the provider as well, to us as well. So I think there's a lot of mobilization on automation in the sectors that Amardeep mentioned. And um, the use cases that have been um, coming up for automation are pretty wide, pretty noise as well. And I'm seeing this sector growing in the long run. Sonal, anything to add? Just to add to it, Brian, I think in terms of benefit, obviously, it's a win-win for everyone. So uh, that definitely is a very positive thing. And hence, we see the, I would say, as Puja mentioned, a significant growth in the adoption. In terms of the client base, we really see, I would say, a fairly uniform uptake across different sectors, different industries. So wouldn't really be able to pull out one or the other sector. But we have seen, again, industries who have traditionally been anyway focused on automation in different areas, say manufacturing or automobiles. We see them obviously having a probably, in our case, we have seen them having a fairly broader vision of what automation can achieve. So they've been some of our early adopters. But yeah, we see our financial sources customers equally coming up to us and I think it's a fairly uh, homogeneous growth that we are seeing across our client base. Uh, we've talked about the, the who and the what, so let's move on to the how now. How do you ensure an automation program is successful and, importantly, successful at scale? Pooja. So for an automation program to be successful, it should meet the objective for which it is being designed. So every automation is done for a use case. And those use case, that use case will have an end goal. I mean, the goal could be anything. Take take a simple system. And if that system is difficult to use, the automation could be easier to use for the end user. That's the simplest of example I can give. If the, it is able to achieve the objective for which the automation is designed, we have achieved what we have to achieve. So basically, it's... Uh, it is about doing what is the end goal of the automation. Now, how do we make it a scale? Now, when we're designing automation, we're designing a use case. For example, for a particular sector or, uh, for example, financial services sector or a healthcare sector or even an IT automation, is, which is more towards reducing the cost of an um, IT landscape. Um, 
we can we we what we do is we look at the design principles and the design principles could be are normally those that can be scaled that can be scaled the reusability is is possible so the most important parameter that we look at is the reusability of an asset or an automation use case that we develop and what is its applicability in the long run so if if you are doing it now it's, it should not be in, uh, useful for just one year or two years can it be an impactful in the long run so these are the two things we take into consideration when we are doing or uh, doing the how part of it you know the reusability the uh, the term that the application or the, or the automation would be into place and does it satisfy the end goal of the use case to summarize it all Thanks, Pooja. So let's turn now to each expert in turn. If you were to offer one piece of advice to a business executive contemplating investment in automation technology and implementation, what would it be? Amardeep, can we start with you? Absolutely. So my advice to executives will be to enable a cross-functional hub-and-spoke center of excellence with clearly defined vision, mission, and desired outcomes. They should also empower the organization to uh, succeed with enterprise automation by providing executive sponsorship and ensuring that strategy is corporate-wide and inclusive. Pooja? Addition to what uh, Amardeep said is also design with an end in mind. You know, what is the end goal that you want? And apart from that, exit executive sponsorship is utmost important. Otherwise, you tend to lose uh, the end goal. So these are the two builds on what Amardeep said. And Sonal, anything to add to that? I think Amardeep and Pooja have covered the right points. Just one point I would like to mention over here that at Capgemini, we use a framework called ESOR, or which stands for Elimination, Standardization, Optimization, automation and robotization. The reason I mentioned that is it always helps. And again, uh, not every scenario is same, but wherever possible, it's good to automate things which are fixed rather than automating things as is. But again, uh, those are certain calls which executives know when to take. But our recommendation is wherever possible, fix and automate, which can reap you longer term benefits and rewards. I think that's that's a really good point because I, I, I guess uh, you know a bad business process automated is still a bad business process. Well, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground in the past few minutes. I'd like to thank Amardeep Modi from the Everest Group and Pooja Huadkar and Sonal Chaturvedi from Capgemini for your wonderful insights into this topic. And of course, thank you for taking time and trouble to listen to us. In the next episode, we'll be deciphering the language around automation with the distinct aim of finding out where and how it delivers the best value. So join me and more industry-leading experts for the next Automation Station or subscribe through this podcast platform to receive notifications of when the next and indeed subsequent episodes are available. Automation Station was produced and edited by the Capgemini Social Content Studio written and presented by me, Brian Doherty, with original music from Abishu Rakshid. <laughs>